0: is Tim Sexton. Um, so this morning I'm going to be, uh, I guess, sharing on some, um, some thoughts I've had from the Bible this, this week. Uh, I have not read Judges 1 through 16 this week, I don't think. I don't, I don't know if our, our Bible, our, so our, we're reading a little different Bible reading plan, Amanda and me, but um, I, I, I would say it's been maybe a week and like half of last week most of this week so anyways um i can explain kind of who i am and 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 maybe um give you an idea of how i how i look at the bible how i how i understand things um so again my name is is uh tim sexton i'm married to uh, my beautiful wife amanda and and uh we have a little boy and his name is briggs and um what I love to do, what I what I really enjoy is computers. I know that's kind of weird, it's kind of nerdy, but um, I can sit and talk with Brad about computers and kind of some very nerdy things um, sometimes, and uh, it's I, I enjoy that kind of stuff. So the way I look at computers is I see them as very logical, um, but also very creative. Um, I love to see, I look at computers and I kind of see this, this structure that it has to work this way in each time it's going to work the same way. But when you do it, when you look at it, when you look deeply into it, there's so so much creativity and you can, you can do it in different ways. You can, like when I code, when I write programming or pr- programs or code, um, essentially I, I can do it in so many different ways and I can be very creative with it. Um, it's a lot of fun for me. Um, and so it, I, I look at this, the Bible the same way. It, it works logically. Everything kind of lines up the way that it should. Um, the way that you would expect it to land up because it's real life and there's also this very creative story arc to it Um, so that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about more of the 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 logical story arc that goes throughout the entire Bible and through judges and how it plays into Jesus and who Jesus is and um, and really all of that so I'm excited to share with you but uh, really I think I should start with just praying Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and start with that God, I thank you for this morning. Um, I really do thank you for... The fact that you are the King who has been told of from of old, God, you are the King that um, ultimately came into this world. That you came to lead us, to lead um, your chosen people, God. That you came to, to create um, an eternal temple through us, God. Um, Lord, would you would you teach us here this morning? Would you show us what you yeah how you'd have us how you'd have us live, God, in unity as your, as your church? Um, lord we are we are people that want to have you as our our Lord, our king, um, and so yeah, we sang that this morning, God, we want you as our lord um, we, we can 't call you Lord without without wanting that without desiring that um, Lord, help us to be um, your people this morning. Um, I pray that you would speak through me um, that you would just be um, with you know, with me this morning and and speaking and um, yeah, I pray this in your name Jesus amen. Yeah, so also I should say, um, I'm not like the greatest public speaker ever. I think I got a C in high school, so. Uh, God can be made perfect through my weakness, uh, or can be shown strength through my weakness, so, yeah. Anyways, um, so Judges uh, 1 through 16. Um, Maybe I can go over a little overview of what Judges is. Let's see if I can turn this on. Where is it? There we go. Um, so really, when you read Judges, you're kind of starting off from the, the perspective of um, Joshua has just died, and um, Israel is kind of left without a leader. Um, Israel is is being suppressed by the surrounding nations, and in their kind of laziness, they haven't actually done what God told them to do in taking over a bunch of different, well, the entire area that he said, I'm giving to you. Um, And so God left a bunch of nations around them, and they're being suppressed by those surrounding nations, whether you, you have the Canaanites or the Philistines or any of those, um, the Israelites are being suppressed by these nations um, and they are, are sometimes even going after the gods of those nations uh, and, and for for Israel um, they are being kind of uh, I guess they're turning against God um, so God really, it's, it's the cyclical nature of the Israelites will turn against God and go against what he says and then they'll the <laughs> cat cry out to God and God will hear their prayers and it seems like it goes on for this like this for years and years and years after judges but it it does happen a lot in judges Um, and God hears their prayers and sends these leaders, these judges to Israel to save them but the thing is they kind of are saved in a military way. It's not necessarily the case that these are kings or these are people that are necessarily pointing them back to God Um, I think that it's it's funny because these are people that are not exactly the great Examples of faith-filled living. Um, you can you can look at each and every one of their stories and from everyone, from uh, Gideon, who was uh, uh, one of the judges, one of the, the more talked about judges, um, to Samson, uh, you really have these, these men that didn't really live faith-filled lives. Gideon actually tested God multiple times and said, God, I, don't, I just don't trust you. Um, I don't trust that you're gonna do what you say you're gonna do and I, I, I don't know if in my life I do that all the time but it, it is true that these 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 men are are, are not perfect in any way. Um, Another story from from Gideon's life is is kind of funny. Um, At the end, after he does everything, Gideon basically comes, well, Israel comes to Gideon and says, hey, we want you to be our king. We want you to lead the nation of Israel. And he says, no, God is your king. Um, But then he goes and he sets up for himself basically a God that he's going to worship, or an ephod, they call it. And he goes and he sets that up for the people that he's around, and they all just worship that thing and not only that but he names his son Absalom which in Hebrew actually means my father the king so Gideon has said to Israel I don't want to be your king but I kind of do and I want all the money and all the power and everything that comes along with being king but I just don't want to lead you um, that to me is just <laughs> is kind of flaky. Um, but he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a person. He's not perfect. That's, that's the thing about all of these stories. You have Samson who literally was a, a, a Nazarene and broke every single one of the vows. He drank alcohol, he had his hair cut, and I mean, he associated with the dead. <laughs> he slept with multiple women um, he was He was not a perfect man and so when i when I look at these men, we can look at them and go, "Wow, these guys are really just really pretty bad and You know, it's, 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 it's true because they're falling short of the standard that God had set up a few generations before. Not only that, but they didn't lead the people back to God and some actively, like Absalom pointed absolutely against God, um, and were murdering people and just really terrible. Um, so I guess the question I have to ask is why? Why would God do this? Like why? Why are these people being, um, are, are showing up in the Bible? I mean, there are specific verses in the New Testament that even point to Samson as as a or Samson and Gideon as examples of faith, and I I don't see that. And I, I guess I I ask the question. Why? Why Why are they here? Why are they, why are they in the Bible here like this? And I think there are a couple answers to this. Number one, in Judges 2.22, it says, in order to test them whether they would take care to walk in the way of the Lord as their fathers did or not. God used this entire situation to test Israel to see, are they going to follow me? Um... And it's, it's not even just in that moment, but it's throughout all of time. And Israel did not do very good. They kept going down this circle of, we're not going to follow God. We're going to run after the lords of, or the gods of the other people. We're going to go after the Canaanite gods. We're going to go after all of these things. And they, they didn't follow God. And then the second thing is God wanted to show Israel that they needed a king that was going to point back to him. Not just a military leader, not just somebody that was going to save them from the nations that were around them, but somebody that was going to... Take what his word said. Take his law and actually apply it and show a a, a country or this, this nation of Israel how to live. And I think it, it, the evidence of that is in Judges 17.6, 18.1a, nineteen one a 21.25. You look at those verses, they say specifically, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Eighteen one a there was no king in Israel. 19.1a, there was no king in Israel. 21.25 is the same thing. Thing. So these these basically God was showing this nation, you need a king that's gonna lead you back to me. Um, so we we kind of see that yeah, a king is needed. We we the nation of Israel knew that they needed a king. God had said it from the time of Abraham basically, I am going to make kings out of your line, Abraham. And So, years after this happens, we see David. David come on the scene. And basically, they they had Saul that was made king of the nation of Israel. And Saul led them in a way that just was not good. And, um, yeah, really, God left Saul and brought in this man named David, who was after his own heart. And it says in Acts that God rose up a man after his own heart. This man was looking for God, was looking at at God in all of these things. And... So God said to David, basically, I'm going to set up a covenant with you. And this covenant is what is known today as the Davidic covenant. Um, it's, you can read it in 2 Samuel 7, 8 through 16. It's just this long, uh, basically, covenant that goes through um, what God's plan for David and his, his line is. Um, I have some of the verses, uh, some of the verses up here specifically that I wanted to point out. Um, it says, "And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more. And violent men shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give them rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. He shall build." A house for your name, and I will establish um, the throne of his kingdom forever, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. So God said to David, Your throne is going to be established forever. Your family's line is going to be a, 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 a in in leadership, in kingdom, in kingship forever. Um, that's. I mean, obviously, David. David was a human being and was going to die. So to say, your throne is going to be established forever. Somebody in his line had to be, uh, uh, yeah, established for eternity. Um, so we kind of look at this and we go, okay. So God is saying. Um, um, the Lord declares, "I'm going to." Uh, the Lord declares to you that the Lord shall build you a house. Will make you a house. Um, I think that that's, that's that's big because just before this, David is is coming to Nathan and basically saying, "Hey, I want to make God a house. I want to make. I I live in this nice house, and God lives in a tent. Let's make a cool, a great house for Him." And and God says, "No, the Lord is going to build a house." And some of this is fulfilled through, um, through Solomon. Um, he was, he was going to create a temple. He was going to create something that God would end up living in. But the thing is, this was not an eternal temple. This was just a shadow of what is in heaven. It's not lasting. It was torn down multiple times. This thing, the thing that, that Solomon built was great. But it wasn't eternal. It wasn't what God was ultimately going to live in. And not only that, but God would set, like I said before, God would set a king from David's line that would rule forever. And I think I think it's so easy to say, oh, well, I mean, Solomon kind of fulfilled that, and you, you, you just look at, at David's line, and yeah, it kind of followed this thing where it's maybe ruling forever. I don't know. Um, but the truth is, when you get when you get down to it, they they understood. The Jews understood that there was somebody coming, there was someone coming from David's line that would rule forever, and that would basically um, shepherd the people of Israel, point them back to God, and be perfect. But the thing about it was, they were seeing all of these kings that were not perfect; they were human beings. And so you you have Micah 5, 2, and 4, which says, um, it's talking about Bethlehem, specifically about Bethlehem, and um, the place where Jesus comes from. And it says, From you shall come forth uh, from me one who is the ruler of Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. So those two words are, are pretty big. So from of old is just, is, is talking about specifically from basically the beginning of time. From from ancient days, again, they're talking about the time when God was specifically talking to David. These These are being told from those times. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth." basically his this king is going to lead the entire earth is going to be the king, the shepherd over all of the earth and yeah, and so we have a king that is going to that, that is going to have his strength in the lord that is is going to be the king over all the earth so the king that we've been waiting for, the king that Israel has been waiting for, the one that is from David's line, comes in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, we see that all of these things that have been spoken about that, that king, about that, that person, are fulfilled in Christ. Um, you can look at as many of the prophecies about the Savior as you want, and you'll see, you'll see them fulfilled in Jesus. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the one that comes from David's line. You can read it in Matthew 1 to see that he, <laughs> it follows David's line through imperfect people to get to the perfect one. So not only do we have a king that is, is perfect, do we have a king that is, <laughs> has been told of from the beginning of time, we have one that set up his eternal temple in us. And I kind of want to explain how that works. So Jesus is... God that's what we I mean that's what we know Jesus is God because God is the only one that is perfect so Jesus came and he said basically when they were when he was talking about the temple when he was looking at the temple he talking about it um and talking about how it's going to be torn down um and and then Basically, they, they, he said, I'd tear this temple down and I'll raise it up in three days. But he wasn't speaking about the temple. And his, his disciples saw that a few days after in the resurrection. But not only that, he was speaking about specifically his body. We say the body is the church. His body is the church. And he is the head of the body. Um, and so his body is a place where we can go and meet God. So he set up not only his eternal temple um, as a group of people, but called, said, the church, my body, where you can meet God, is ultimately going to be eternal. So Jesus has said, we are now the eternal temple. The people of the church the people in his body are the eternal temple, with him as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Um, so Ephesians 2, 18 through 20 says, For through him we have both we both have access in one spirit to the Father. And I love that. We have access in one spirit to the Father. It, I, there's, so, in this, this, this prayer book that the men, the men's Bible study that, that um, we're going to be reading, they, it talks about how your prayers are like a drunk man, essentially going up to a kingdom, and um, this drunk man is—it just looks. Terrible, downtrodden, just awful. And he walks up and the guards are standing there and they won't let him in. But he says, I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everything changes. Their entire the entire way they treat him comes and they just say, Hey, hey, okay, great, come with me. And they take him in, and he comes before the Lord, the Father. And they say, He comes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus comes and says, Yeah, I know this man. And we get access to the Father, the King, the eternal one, through Jesus. It's not like we're great, but Jesus' name has made us that. I think that's so awesome. That's so amazing to me. Like I just I love that idea of of being In the the presence of Jesus, the mediator, the one that gets us access to the Father God. So, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in him. You also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That, I mean, that, that explains it. I, I couldn't explain it in a better way. Um, that is what we are as the church we were built on the foundation of the apostles the, the, the things that the apostles taught at the beginning whether it's uh, whether it's Paul or John or Peter any of those th- those things that they taught we are built on those things, so we we look at the Bible, we read the the New Testament, and we say, "Yeah, this is what we're building off of. This is what we're going off of. This is what we're digging into, and this is what we understand." And I, I don't complete. I don't even want to say that I understand buildings. So, if you want to understand buildings, you can talk to Greg. Um, he knows a lot more about them than I do, and how cornerstones work, and all of that stuff. But. Um, I think, yeah, Jesus, I think, I know that cornerstones are pretty important, or at least they were at this time, because they wouldn't call Jesus the cornerstone if it wasn't important, Um, but uh, Christ, I think, I think it's the one of the most important stones in the building, and well, it is the most important stone in the building. And so it's kind of what the rest of the building is built off of. And so we have the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and everything that they've taught. And then you have Christ Jesus that supports the rest of the, the, the building and the one that ultimately stands us up. And then the whole structure is us. In 1 Peter 2, it says that we are living stones. This, this church is living stones. So if you become a part of a church, it's not necessarily just this Denver church. It is the church body as a whole. Everyone that believes in Jesus Christ as their king. We are living stones. That, that is who God has made to be uh, his, his temple. And this community right here, this is a small sample of that. A small little portion of that. We build up the church. So it's important to recognize that a building not unified is going to fall down. A building that's not together is going to fall down. And so I guess that's, uh, the, those are the questions I have. And, and, and this is kind of what it means for me. This is what these things mean to me. For, for somebody that doesn't know Jesus as king, that doesn't see that... Um, The only question I have is, is, are you going to follow him? This says, God's people need a perfect leader that will point them towards God. We know that. We know that God's people need this perfect leader. God has been showing that from the beginning. That's going to point them towards God. That leader has come in the person of Jesus Christ, God incarnate. God had made himself a person, came down in the person of Jesus Christ so that he could be glorified, he could die and return and defeat death and be the king. He's asking for your whole life, not just some of it, it's not a compartmentalized kind of like Jesus is my king on Sundays thing. It is, I want all of you. And it's a big choice. It's a big step. It's not one to be taken lightly. It's one that I I, I have, I think in the first couple years of being saved, I didn't understand at all. And... Even to see now how God is changing my life and how how God is, is bringing me into a closer fellowship with him. I'm even seeing that there are certain things in my life, there are aspects of my life where I'm not giving him kingship. But the question is, are you going to give him kingship over your entire life? Will you follow him no matter what? And that, for me, is important. To have God have kingship over every single aspect of my life. He is not king if he doesn't have rule over it. And i yeah. For God, Jesus Christ does not ask for just, again, some of your life. He asks for kingship over all of it. Will you follow him? And then the second question I guess I have, and the second takeaway that you can pray about and, and, and really just be seeking God in is, If you accept Jesus' kingship, you become a living stone in his temple. This is his temple. This is his church. To be a proper building, you have to be unified with the other stones. The other people that believe in Jesus Christ. It's not, yeah, you, you, you have to be here. Are you willing to devote yourself, am I willing to devote myself to this church to be unified to the body of Christ and to be meeting God here with a group of people that say that they trust in Jesus and follow him as king. Um, yeah, and I'm going I'm to devote myself to the body of the church, um, to the body of Christ and, and to the church and to the temple. And... Um, I know for me it 's I choose to follow the Lord, um, I choose him as as my king and um, and that's that 's kind of what 's important to me. Um, I recognize that i don 't have much or i don 't have much other than that to share um, really this is um, yeah this is all this is all I had to share for today but i'm i 'm just very. Encouraged in the fact that, like I said, God is weaving this story throughout history of how, yeah, how Jesus plays into the entire world. And one day, Jesus is going to come back and he will be king on this earth. And we don't have a chance to choose him anymore at that moment. But we do have a chance now to make him king over everything. So, yeah, I I thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm going to pray one more time, and then uh, I'll I'll let you go pretty early. Um, God, I, I thank you for this morning again. Um, I thank you for just yeah the words that um, I I pray that you would have spoken through me. Um, I do um, thank you for. Your goodness, in kindness, in the fact that you came to this this earth and you died and you um were, you rose again, you defeated death. God, to be glorified, Jesus, to be glorified, so that you might be king over our lives. You are the, the coming. You are the coming king of old. Um, you're the one that they've spoken of. God, you have come and you are um yeah. <laughs> you you're, you're eternal. God, um, would you set up your eternal temple in us? God, would you would you make us living stones of your temple? Um, Lord, help us to be members of your church that are unified together. God, building up, um, yeah, the church. Um, Lord, I, yeah, I admit, I often don't want you to be king in certain areas of my life. I, I don't want you to be um, yeah, I don't want you to, to have rule over everything because it's just easier that way if I get some, some control. But God, it's how much, more, how much better is it if you have all the control of my life, if you have kingship in my life, to walk with you, God, to trust you, to believe you for amazing things. I want to see you do amazing things with this church. I want to see you do amazing things with each of our lives, God. We are um, your disciples. We are your people. And we trust in you, Jesus. Amen.